This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast on this Wednesday morning, February the 15th, 2023. Hope you had a great Valentine's Day yesterday with your sweetheart. We got a beautiful day today, another one. Going to get up to 68 degrees here in the Midwest on the 15th of February. Must be climate change, but I'm not complaining. Hope you're having a great day here in this greatest nation on God's green earth. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark, and this is the Affirm America podcast. All right, let's start off with our top five headlines today. Let's start off with headline number five. Mockery erupts after Jean-Pierre claims Biden is the best communicator in the White House. Explains a lot. On Tuesday... White House spokeswoman Karine Jean-Pierre claimed President Biden is the best communicator in the White House, sparking laughter across Twitter. After being questioned by a reporter about whether Biden is viewed by his team as equally adept in all settings in terms of communications, Jean-Pierre insisted that the president's communication skills are the best in his administration. Many on Twitter balked at Jean-Pierre's statement, Biden has a long history of being lampooned for his word flubs and sometimes incomprehensible speech at public events. Some also noted that others in his administration, such as the press secretary herself and Vice President Kamala Harris, are infamous for their own verbal gaffes. Dear American podcast host Graham Allen tweeted a series of scared emojis representing America reacting to Jean-Pierre's claim. The president is the best communicator that we have in the White House. Red Star contributor Jeff Charles tweeted, that explains a lot. Fox News personality Tommy Lauren tweeted, well, if this is true, we are screwed. D.C. Examiner columnist T. Beckett Adams tweeted, compared to Buttigieg, McKinsey speak, Kamala, predictive text speech, and the actual White House spokeswoman herself, loading text, This, this is a true statement. Biden actually is the best communicator the White House has to offer. Oh, God. Kamala Harris's tenure as vice president has been marked by redundant word salads to the point that even left-leaning The Daily Show tweeted a video comparing her statements to the fake politician from the Veep political satire series. Senior digital strategist of X Strategies LLC, Greg Price, responded with a video of a famous incident where Biden gave a public address and said, America is a nation that can be defined in a single word before lapsing into incomprehensible mumble. Special advisor for communications for Senator Ted Cruz, Steve Geis tweeted, the guy can't utter coherent sentences on a regular basis, but at least he hasn't called Canada, Canadia. This referred to a mumbled statement from Jean-Pierre Monday when she was discussing a mysterious airborne object over Canada and pronounced the country Canadia. All right, well, there you go. That's the uh, current administration we have. 
up and down the line, they're not very good communicators. And to think that Joe Biden is the best communicator in the White House, like the commentary said, we're all screwed. All right, headline number four, the Fed warns of further interest rate increases. From Reuters, the U.S. Central Bank will need to keep gradually raising interest rates to beat inflation, Dallas Federal Reserve President Lori Logan said on Tuesday, putting investors on notice that borrowing costs may ultimately need to go higher than is now widely expected. The Fed last year lifted interest rates further and faster than any time since the 1980s to fight inflation. Fed policymakers have signaled they expect the benchmark overnight interest rate now in the 4.5 to 4.75% range to need to go to at least 5.1% before policy will be sufficiently restrictive to ease price pressures. From the Wall Street Journal, Fed Chair Jerome Powell and several of his colleagues have for the past three months justified continuing rate increases by pointing to still tight labor markets, elevated wage pressures, and high inflation for labor-intensive services. All right, so we've been talking about this for a little while. I told you that this year is going to be a big slowdown. The recession is beginning. Lots of layoffs going on. Google, Amazon, Ford just laid off a bunch of people. So it's happening. It just uh, takes a little bit of time for the wave to come across, and uh, we're starting to see that right now. Interest rates are going up. They can't keep the inflationary pressure down. And we're beginning to see the effects of the last two years of the Biden administration. Too much excessive spending and too much printing of money creates inflationary problems. That's what we're up against. So they have to slow it down by raising rates, and hopefully they can get under control. But I think we got a long road ahead of us here. This is one of the worst economies going back probably 30 years, possibly. So uh, prepare yourself, get ready, put yourself in a defensive mode. That's what you need to do at this point. Don't take a lot of risk and watch your budget. All right, headline number three, Circuit of Appeals Court to hear case on maintaining integrity of female sports. From the Daily Citizen, The effort to protect girls' and women's interscholastic sports from unfair competition from males claiming to be females received an encouraging signal from a federal appeals court in New York this week. The second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals issued notice on February 13 stating that it was vacating or removing a December 2022 decision from a three-judge panel of Second Circuit judges against several female Connecticut high school track athletes and will rehear the case. In the appeal, several female track athletes are seeking to overturn a Connecticut state policy allowing so-called transgender women, i.e. males who claim to be females, to compete against high school girls. The notice explains that a poll was taken among all the active judges on the Second Circuit and that a majority voted to rehear the case titled Seoul versus Connecticut Association of Schools. ADF, Americans Defending Freedom, started in 2017. Two male athletes began competing in Connecticut girls' high school track. In just three years, those two males broke 17 girls' track meet records, deprived girls of more than 85 opportunities to advance to the next level of competition, and took 15 women's state track championship titles. All right, so this is a big battle 
going on in women's sports. It's completely unfair. Both sides, liberal and conservative, do not agree with this. Even the far leftists are in opposition to males competing in women's sports. Marshy Smith and the Icons group have been on the forefront of fighting against in the NCAA sporting arena, pushing back on them. The college conferences are, have become woke, and they're also uh, supporting these men in women's sports, which is uh, just absurd on the face of it, the idea that men can compete against women. It's just, it's just uh, ruining uh, women's opportunities. And since Title IX came out, it's just a serious problem that needs to go to the Supreme Court if they can't settle this locally because you have a lot of women that are being discouraged and losing opportunities in the sporting arena. All right, headline number two, teen girls reach record levels of sadness. Axios. Teen girls are experiencing record high levels of sadness and violence, according to a new report published Monday by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. According to the report, 57% of teen girls in 2021 reported feeling persistently sad or hopeless over the past year, up from 36% in 2011 and the highest rates seen in the last decade. By comparison, 29% of teen boys reported feeling persistently sad or hopeless in 2021, compared to 21% in 2011. LGBTQ plus students and students with same-sex partners also reported high levels of sadness and hopelessness in 2021 at 69% and 78% respectively. State of play, about 30% of teen girls said they had seriously considered attempting suicide, up from 19% in 2011. NBC News, the survey did not ask students about reasons for their feelings of sadness or thoughts of harming themselves. While anxiety and depression increased among teens during the pandemic, the trends, especially among girls, have been building for years. Okay, so this uh, this is a very serious problem. Not very many people want to talk about these things, but I'm going to take a stab at it. A couple of things that's going on. Well, obviously, the COVID issue had something to do with it. I mean, a lot of people, even uh, grown adults, had uh, anxiety and depression as a result of being locked down. The masks also created problems, too, because of the loss of expression and smiles and being able to see people's faces. So that, was, that contributed to it, but this is a bigger problem. This is a problem, especially with the LGBTQ community, plus community, high rates of sadness and depression. Why? Because that's not how we were created. Men and women were not created to have relationships within the same sex. Okay, I'm going to say it. That's the idea that lesbianism and gay relationships are okay is breaking the principles, the moral values that the Creator gave to us. He created us for a purpose, for plus and minus to come together, male and female. The universe is full of dual characteristics and attributes, where when they unite together, that's where you find the most joy and happiness. And this is why we see such high levels of depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts. 
because they're not following the principled laws that the Creator gave to mankind. When you break those principles, then you are going to experience the opposite of what was the intention. Men and women relationships are where the most joy, the family is created. If everybody were gay or lesbian, we'd be non-existent in a couple generations. So it was created that way for us to procreate. That's where we find the most happiness is within the family. But the family has been a target by our culture, by the socialism, by Marxism. Communists were very clear when they came into the country to try to break down the Christian churches because they can't, they can't impose their ideology on a strong Christian nation. So we've been hit by many, many in Hollywood. Everything is designed to break us down and to put us into these absurd and non-principled relationships. And as a result of that, we can see the numbers. The numbers are very clear. The percentages are very high. And until we can change these attitudes and these ideas about men and women in sports and how we relate with each other, these are going to continue to rise and become a problem for our culture. All right, I said it. There it is. But I'm putting it out there because it is the truth. All right, headline number one. California lawmakers target police canine units, call for their removal because of racism. Dogs are now racist. ABC 10, a new effort is underway to ban police from using police dogs to arrest or apprehend suspects. If passed, it would also ban police from using them for crowd control. The lawmaker behind the bill, newly elected Assemblyman member Corey Jackson, said that the use of police canines or, or canines has been the backbone of this country's history of racial bias and violence against black Americans. Jackson said police canines were first used by slave catchers and are a violent carryover from America's dark past. From Town Hall, this is a ridiculous legislative push. Criminals on the run or being chased by police shouldn't be comfortable. All this bill would do is decrease public safety. And police dogs have been essential in various other law enforcement duties, not least being tasked with saving the lives of fellow officers. Okay, so more craziness from the far left. This is, you know, everything's racism, everything's homophobia, everything's xenophobia, phobia, everything's transgender. It's again, it's it's a narrative that's being pushed for the, by the far left guys. We got to push back against it. Don't even use the daggone speech. Don't fall into the trap. It's a false narrative. Dogs aren't racist. White people, some people may be racist, but you can't paint a big brush on it. Blacks can be just as racist as white people can. So can Irish, so can Catholics. So it's not a systemic problem. It's a problem of human nature in general. And to try to paint a big brush over all things like that is just just craziness. It's just far left baloney. And uh, it has no business in our public language culture. Just uh, oppose it. Stand up. Don't fear and have confidence because the truth is on our side. All right. Those are your top five headlines for this Wednesday. Thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. 
Have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. See you then. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great, and we affirm it. 